0: Yeah, do you notice the ducks? We even pause for ducks when they cross River Road. They take their time sometimes, don't they? I think that's God's way of teaching us a little patience. For those of you that are tuning in online, we live in Bernie, Texas, one of the greatest cities in all of America. America, come on. And by the way, we are so thankful that those of you that are online watching us right now, I just got word from someone in our church that is watching all the way from Kuwait this morning. It's evening there, early morning of the hour, so you know who you are. You know what branch you're serving in. I'm going to call you T. Scott. Love you, buddy. Glad you're watching today. I just got a picture, and he's got his iPad set up there in his, in his room. Everybody else is probably asleep, but, but my boy's getting his, his worship on right now. Amen. Hey, to all of you guys that are watching online, we hope that you guys are having a great time sitting there watching in your pajamas and uh, eating breakfast. In fact, do something for us just to keep our media team on their toes. If you could just take a picture of you and your family or whoever is watching with you right now and just send it in. I'm going to see if our media department is is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed right now, if they're they're paying attention. Just let us know where you're coming from and let us know what's going on. We had people last week at Port A um, with their campers canopies out and watching at a picnic table and other people are coming to watch online and all of that and uh, it is just awesome to have you guys viewing with us today and we've got a packed house here it is good to have some people physically present present with us right now look at your neighbor right now and say I'm so glad you came today you smell good you look good you sing okay you need to work on that but uh everything else about you is all right amen Hey, how many of you are excited to be here? Happy Easter! You know the tomb is still empty, right? We get all fired up about one Sunday. Listen, every Sunday. You know, the tomb's empty the other 51 weeks out of the year, too. Amen? And so we're just going to live like it's empty every time we gather. Every day we're going to live as set-free people that have been given life. Amen? Hey, I heard something this week, and I want to give you permission. It's okay to live like you're set free. It is okay to live like you're set free. Tell your neighbor, give them permission right now. It's okay to live like you're set free. Let it go. Let it go. It's awesome. So good to be here. I hope that that you you caught the announcement about May 7th, our kind of a uh, a church family fun day for us in the river, the Guadalupe for our celebrating river baptisms. But more importantly, we get to eat food together, spend some time playing some good old-fashioned family games and throwing out blankets. And And I'm telling you, I don't know if you were there last year, but but I... I might have set a new record on the slip and slide last year, Pastor Howard. Do you remember that, guys? I, I, I slid so far off the slip and slide, I like slid into the grass and all that. I got up and I looked like Sasquatch, you know, just stuff covering me from top. It was a, it was frightening for the children, but it was. Absolutely incredible. May 7th, we're going to have a blast out at the Marquot Ranch. We hope that you guys will join us, bring something to snack on. We'll provide some some meat and it'll be a great time as we celebrate as a family. We don't do that enough. We don't get together. How many of you remember the days of old school church socials and functions and in the thing called the fellowship hall? And you can't fellowship unless you're in the hall with people, you know, and bringing potlucks and you never knew what Sister Margie ever brought, and your mom always told you, don't eat that one. You remember those days? There was always some fried chicken. How many of you remember fried chicken with the bones in it? How many of you remember chicken? They used to make chicken with bones in it and you used to eat it. You remember that? My girls, I'll never forget a few years ago, say, Dad, when did they start making chicken with bones in it? I'm going, uh, When God created chickens, like day three of history? What do you mean? So what's wrong with kids that they grew up with nuggets and strips and give me some fried chicken with a bone in it, somebody. Come on, just get all. Just get... You wear it. You wear it afterwards, right? Good gosh, somebody, come on. <laughs> Let's just dismiss right now and run to churches. Can we do that? Golly, I'm hungry right now, Lord. It's interesting what we're talking about today. We're talking about passion, and I'm kind of passionate about me some anyway. Well, hey, <laughs> thanks for coming back. I, I thought I'd run some of you off last week, but thanks for coming back this week. And for those of you watching online, we're just excited about aren't you, thankful that we serve a God who is with us and he's for us. Amen. That there's nothing that we can do that will ever separate us from the wonderful love of God. Amen. Man, it's so good. So good. Do you know? That you were created to live a life that is vibrant, that is dynamic, and that is fun. Did you know that? We're not making that stuff up just to kind of make you feel good. Jesus says something to the fact in Scripture. John chapter 10, verse 10, reading from the message translation, Jesus says this. I came. So that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. You need to know that this verse here speaks to the purpose that Jesus has for you and your life. That he has a life for you that is unimaginable. Listen, you might have had parents praying that you would grow up to do this or that with your life. You might have had someone over the course of going through school, a teacher, a coach, or or some other spiritual leader that kind of prophesied and, and anointed you to do something. But listen, those things probably pale in comparison to, I believe, this vision, this dream, this purpose that God has for every one of us in this room and watching online. Today, Do you believe that? It is life, as Scripture says, that is off the chain. It is life abundant. It is life to the max. You can't even begin to picture, dream about this life that Jesus has for you. You see, so many of us think that it's just about waking up and going in, punching a clock working 8, 9, 10 hours a day or 32 hours a day, however many you work. I know it's impossible, but some of us, we feel like that's our life. We're to live 74.6 years and, you know, have a wife and 2.4 kids and live in a house of at least a certain amount of square footage and you know, and and for so many of us, that's what we've resolved and boiled life down to. I just really believe that today the Lord wants to shake us and awake us to this reality. I've got a great life for you. Look at your neighbor right now and say, God's got something big for you today. And here's the great thing. You're in the presence of of God Almighty, and I just believe that God today wants to have a Boom, a collision with your life today. He wants to collide with you today. He wants to breathe this life into you. He wants to shake you and wake you, some of you, to this life that he has for you. And he wants you to start living life that is full of purpose, life that is full of passion, life that is full of energy and exciting. So are you living that type of life? Are you living life to the fullest? As we started last week, are you living bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? bright what did he say no oh man I'm glad you're here sir I got something for you big man are you living life bright eyed so we sat on this journey last week we said hey that's not the craziest thing I've already heard today I heard something else in first service about spay and neuter getting spayed and neutered now you just listen to my sermon you tell me where that fits in price is right mrs. Bob Barker in our audience today amen We sat on a journey last week to talk about this kind of life that you were created to live. A life that is full of energy, a life that is peppy, a life that is zesty, a life that is exciting and high spirited, a life that is better than you ever dreamed of. Now today I want to share with you what I believe is a key to you living that type of life. I believe that this is something that that, that we need to embrace, something we need to consider, but then more importantly, we need to embrace and make a part of who we are in order to have any hopes and dreams of living life that we were created to live. And by the way, you know that God has big intentions for you, right? You know that he's not finished with you. Some of us have resolved ourselves that, man, you know, I'm past my prime. I'm past my, I've, 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 I've already exerted and lived as much as I'm going to live. I'm, I, I, my enjoy meter is, is, is on empty now. I'm just meant to survive and endure my remaining days here on this earth. No, you're not. You're still here today. God's not finished with you. Did you know that if he were done with you, you wouldn't have woken up this morning? And by the way, doesn't it feel like... It's colder this morning than it was December 25th this last year, isn't it? I was looking for reindeer tracks out front this morning. Amen? Listen, you're here. God's not finished with you yet. He's not put you out to pasture. There's something dynamic that only he created for you to accomplish while you're here on earth. Am I talking to anybody today? Listen... Today, I want us to talk about this thing called passion. Passion. You're not talking about a fragrance by Elizabeth Taylor or whoever. That I want to talk about passion because I believe that in order for us to live this life full of energy and excitement and enthusiasm, we're going to have to find some passion. You know, passion usually involves a, a deep love and a, and a deep sacrifice for something or, or for someone. Passion, I like to think of it, it's kind of like it's that fire in the belly. Some of us got a little bit more fire than others, don't we? <laughs> It's that fire in, in, in our belly. It's, it's the catalyst of, 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 I believe, every vibrant and purposeful life. Listen, I believe that the fire of passion can change a life. And one passionate life can change the world. Did you know that you have the potential to be a world changer? You do. And I don't care what anybody said about you this week. That, oh, you're, you don't work hard enough, or you're not fast enough, or you just don't know enough, or you're too short, or you're, you're too overweight, or you don't look right, or, or you live on this side of town, or you voted this way, or blah. and people vomit on us like that all week, don't they? Listen, I believe that you have the potential to be a world changer. You do. Passion. Are you passionate about anything. Well, what is it that is that fire in your gut? I'm not talking about what you ate last night at, at Maggie's. All right. What is that fire in your belly that just gets your motor running? What is it? You know, my goal in life, my purpose in life, my desire, my goal, my aim is this. I want to take as many people to heaven with me as possible. And listen, because that is my passion, I got to be honest, there are days like, like last Monday, whew, I was plumb tuckered out after Easter weekend. I preached six sermons over the course of three, four days. You know, man, I, I felt like I, I, I ran hard. And, get, and man, Monday, I wasn't worth jack squat. You don't know jack squat. I wasn't worth that. On Monday, I I, I probably said things. I felt like I was babbling, speaking in a foreign language. You know, Um, uh, my family were probably needing me to make some important decisions, and I'm just thankful that I didn't have the you know, the nuclear button to push. I'm, I, pro- I just was out of it, but I'm telling, you know what, God, I, I, I was still passionate and fired up and excited to keep taking that next step. I, want, I couldn't wait to get together with my team once again, and for us to celebrate. I, I, I couldn't wait to go to HEB and hang out in the produce section and just talk to some people. Why? Because I'm passionate. Do you have anything that when you're tired and when you don't feel like you can go another step or maybe you've been beat up, man, that passion is just still so great within you. It just keeps you going, right? We need that. If you have any hopes or dreams of living life that is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you've got to have something that you're passionate about, a reason to wake up. Besides going and punching a clock and pleasing a boss man somewhere. Or just running your kids around from activity to activity just to keep them happy. Why? Why do we want to keep our kids happy? Somebody make them miserable. Just tell them, you ain't in charge. I am. And this minivan ain't going to Chuck E. Cheese. And you're going to come home and do some homework. You ain't going to karate. You're going to work. Karate. Feel like a bad Friends episode right there. <laughs> what are you passionate about? I love what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse ten. Where whatever you do, do well. Whoa, whatever you do, do well. For when you go to the grave, there'll be no more work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. Whoa, our time is short. We've got just a brief moment here to do things and to do them well. What are you passionate about? Are you ready to run after that and give it everything you have? Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Whoa, I'm just wondering if we just consider this verse today and if we just applied that and just let that become just seep into every pore and, and artery and vein and every muscle fiber, every ounce, of, if we just let those words from Scripture day permeate us today, how might that change our attitude in life? I got to be honest with you, transparent moment, let's pull back the veil for a little bit and let you look at me for a few moments okay because y'all aren't the only jacked up people in here I am too and for the longest time even in this thing called ministry I've been in full-time ministry this is year 27 now 27 years um for the longest time I was more concerned with pleasing people than I was the father And I was more concerned, and and, and there are times, in fact, there are times in which I kind of stumble and fall. You guys know that every day you battle the flesh within you, right? Every day you got to put on the partial armor of God, right? No, you put the full armor of God on, amen? And there are times even after a stellar stellar sermon, I feel like I knocked it out of the park and gave it everything I could. Then I'm like, man, I just wonder, do you think anybody liked it? Do, do, Do you think it resonated with anybody today? And, and, and my wife, she's like my personal Holy Spirit here on earth. She just kind of, like, she's like, hey, bro, she slaps him. Snap out of it, kid. Come on, have a, you know, Mick and Rocky. Come on, wake up, kid. Stallion, what? Hey, listen, people got saved. Did, do you know that that someone said yes to G do you know that there was a husband that returned back and told his wife, I love you? Do you know that there was a kid that returned home and said, Mommy, listen, she has to remind listen, if you're not careful, we can be people pleasers rather than God pleasers, can't we? And for years, I've just done that. Listen, I love this verse. Can we throw that back up there? That's good. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. That might help you tomorrow when you punch in at 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 4.30, whatever you do. Maybe you're a baker and you get there at 3.30 to make donuts. We love donut bakers. Amen. Praise Jesus. Holes. Holes. Don't waste a donut. Cut me some holes. And let me have... They'll, they'll Listen... You can even work that way. Students, when you go to school, you're not there trying to please that English teacher or math teacher. You're there. You're doing your very best for the Lord. He's gifted you. Give it all you, you've got. Amen. Come on, somebody. So do you see a common theme where we're going today? Listen, God desires that we live our lives full out with passion. Whether you're a preacher, a writer, a teacher, or a singer, whatever you do, you're to do it with passion. You're to whoa, throw yourself into it. Give it all you got. I've learned something about passion. People are attracted to passion. You know that, right? Are you attracted to people who are dull and boring and lifeless? You know, we, there, there's been some, some self-help gurus over the years that have, you know, been on our television screens and we've paid big money to go to conferences and hear them speak and they write a book and, 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 and they just smile a lot. And they dress nice and they look good, and they can come on on a stage, and for 30 minutes, man, they are the biggest rah rah cheer cheer, whatever. And, and they're not telling you anything new, but because they're passionate and excited, so many of us get sucked into following them, and we stand in line for three hours to get their autograph and their picture made with them. And we're, people are attracted to passion. I mean, people want to see someone who is burning with a fiery zeal for whatever they do, right? Right? Is that you? Or no, just give me somebody boring. Just give me dull. Just give me... No, you want passion. Now, in my opinion, the greatest, most passionate example of a person that we find is, of course, Jesus. Do you remember the story that, that, that you have probably heard or, or you've read time and time again that day when, when Jesus demonstrated passion in the temple where the money changers had kind of set up their shop and were, were selling things there in the temple? And, and do, do you remember that time when where, where Jesus saw that and he walked in and he kind of just wigged out? He flipped, didn't he? Now, up to this point, we we don't find an angry Jesus. We find a compassionate, soft-spoken, well-mannered Jesus, you know, teaching and preaching and healing people and calling fishermen and throw their nets this side. But, man, he got fired up. I like this story for one thing. It's okay, I think, sometimes to lose your cool. Jesus did. But hang on a second. It was a holy discontent. It, It wasn't just... Pastor said I could lose my cool, and woman, you're going to... No, no. It needs to be holy. Jesus lost his cool this day. You ever getting fired up about something? This holy discontent? Pastor Bill Hybels wrote a book years ago entitled that. You ought to go, go, go buy it and read it. Pastor Bill, you're welcome for me mentioning that. Um, uh, but this holy discontent... Jesus had that day in the temple when the money changers were just prostituting his temple and using it for purposes other than what it was intended for. And and, and I love how the end of that passage reads, Jesus said, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for your house, Father, has eaten me up. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you were eaten up with zeal about anything? When's the last time, when's the last time you got so tired of hearing about human trafficking that you did something about it? When's the last time you, you, you got tired of, of, of your family running so ragged and frantic in 50,000 different directions, and instead of complaining and bellyaching about it and started to say something else, you, you just said, you know, what? I'm going to do something about this. We're calling a halt to it. When's the last time you got so eaten up with zeal about little kids not having a home with a mom and dad to live with, that you did something about it? When's the last time you you got eaten up with with the church not being the church and living like we're supposed to live, or God's people not living like they're supposed to, live. and you just decided to do something about it, man. We we get excited about stuff. We just get excited about developments going in in our city and building, you know, the world's greatest gas station here in town and light ordinances. We get all fired up and bent out of shape, and we'll post stuff all over social media about that. I'm just wondering when somebody's going to get excited and fired up about the house of the. Lord and what this place stands for and represents. I'm just asking. And I get fired up about some of those things as well too. I do. When's the last time you got eaten up about something that breaks the heart of God? When were you passionate last about that? When's the last time you were passionate about about anything? You know, the Bible's full of stories that show how passion stirs calling. I'm reminded of Solomon. He had a heart to be a wise ruler. Moses had a heart for his people. Nehemiah had a heart for Jerusalem. These are just a few examples among many. Even in today's world in which we live in, we, we, we see how people's passions drive them and, 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 and pursuing what God has for them. For, Billy Graham has, has a passion to evangelize. Jim Daly has a passion to build healthy families. Bono has a passion for the AIDS epidemic. Hey, what is your passion? Well, what is it that wakes you up in the morning and gets your motor running? What is it that is that fire in your belly? Some of these examples may seem out of reach or unattainable, but, but, but I believe that God has given each of us a passion, no matter how large or, or, or how small it may seem. In fact, I, I was just reminded in getting ready that, that there, there, there are so many moms that are following their heartbeat to, to stay at home and sacrifice their careers to raise their children. Other people are, are figuring out how they can use their passion and skills in, in the workplace to make a difference. Some are teaching in our kids and student ministries here to fulfill their passion that the next generation would come to know Jesus. Hey, what is it that gets you excited? What, what, what powerful emotion or enthusiasm has, has the Lord placed on your heart, not sure yet. Well, here's what I know: you need to keep looking for that, because I believe that when you find that passion, you will have a better understanding of God's call on your life. And without passion, it, it's hard to live bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. There's got to be something that drives you. There's got to be some compelling drive in your life. I I, I love. Uh, the, the, the question that Albert Einstein was asked one day by, by one of his students. The student said, Dr. Einstein, how many feet are there in a mile? And to the utter, utter astonishment of, uh, of the student, Albert Einstein replied, I don't know. The student was sure that that the professor was was joking. Surely Albert Einstein would know a simple fact that that every school child is required to memorize or anybody who is a part of Bronco Nation would know. But Einstein wasn't joking this day. When the student pressed for an explanation of this gap in, in Einstein's knowledge, Albert Einstein declared, quote, I make it a rule not to clutter my mind with simple information that I can find in a book in five minutes. Einstein was not interested in trivial data. His passion was to explore the, 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 the deep things of the universe. His passion for, for mathematical and physical truth made, made him a pivotal fix, fixture, didn't it, in modern history? Yeah. Yeah. I believe we're called to a similar passion. In fact, do you know what the ultimate passion calling is for your life? It's to know God. Jesus says the first and greatest commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything about us. This is the first and greatest Commandment. You see, I believe that a thirst for the knowledge of God should drive us to drink deeply at the fountain of Scripture. I believe that. We, uh, we, we, we hang out with, with men. We, our men's ministry here in 1910 is called Man You. And we have three different times for men to connect with other men and with God each week. We have a Wednesday morning time at whatever the Mexican food restaurant in that North End Business Center is named this month. It changes. So I think the thing is called. Don Juan, El Tejano, Ruben, or something like that. That one there, they meet there at 6.30 on Wednesday mornings. We have a group that meets here at 7.30 on Saturday mornings as well. But, but I, we've been hanging out on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. with a group of men in the grove. And, and we talked about this very thing this week. That in order for us to be a man, a godly man, we've got to come to, and I would say for a godly woman as well. We, we've got to come to that place where we have a thirst for the knowledge of God and we're willing to dive in to the scripture. Amen? Yeah. To scripture. For, for so many of us, let's just be honest, this is just kind of time out. This is a squirrel moment, but it's true. It's a good one. So many of us are depending upon somebody's sexy Instagram post on the verse of the day, and that's our Bible knowledge we get each day. We're expecting you, version, to download. This is the verse today, and you're going to throw some sexy mountain scenery behind it, making it look like you've been diving into Scripture. Come on. God knows. God knows. Okay, um, let me get back on track here. We, we ought to have this thirst for the knowledge of God. That, that should be a passion of yours. To know, Listen, so many of you don't know what your abundant life is supposed to look like or how can you live bright eyes. Listen, I would just, hey, press into God, make time for him. Listen, he wants you to know he's not playing some game of cosmic hide and seek from you. He wants you to find him. He wants you to know what his perfect will and dream is for your life. For some of us, we're just, We're we're equipped with passion. It's just unholy passion. Our our appetite for lesser things at times threatens to to consume us. Hey, there are few people in our culture today that are in danger of being consumed by passion for God. There are few. But the scripture says of Jesus that his zeal for his father's house consumed him. It consumed it. He was a man driven in pursuit of God. You know, I wondered for a moment this week in getting ready for you guys what what is that passion that God has? What, What is the passion of God? And the answer came to me really quickly and simply, and it was really, really easy once I thought about it. You and I are the passion of God. You and I are the passion of God. Did you know that God has a one-track mind? He does. It's this. He loves you. <laughs> That's it. He, he, he created you. He he gives you life and breath. He he brings He brings new life through the sacrificial death of His Son, Jesus. And it's with His love and, and His Holy Spirit that, that, that He passionately, He passionately pursues us. Isn't that nice to know? That beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you are loved with the passion of God. Some of you think that God's out to judge you, condemn you, and make you feel miserable here on earth. No, that's, that's a lie from the enemy. He's here to love you. He, in fact, he loved you so much that... that, that I found a verse this week that speaks to that. It says this For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Come on, somebody. Do you remember those words? Do you? Pastor Robert Chester was praying with me this morning. I have a group of men that, that rally around and, and pray with me on, on Sunday mornings. I, I'd love for you guys to come. If you're interested, if you're a man and would love to pray with your pastor, I would be honored to have you. We pray at 8.05 every Sunday morning. 8.05. So no sissy men. That real man get up and, and, and run to the house to pray with their pastor. But Pastor Robert prayed this word victory today. and ooh, ooh y'all know me. I'm ADHD and ADD and... F A T and all. I mean, I just got so many letters. Okay, I got it, but 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 I had this. He said victory. Now I immediately went back to something I remembered as a little kid that I'd heard. I heard an old old story, how a Savior came from glory, how He gave His life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about His groaning, of His precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and I won the victory. Oh victory in. Jesus, he's my savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me air. I didn't know him, but all my love is due him. He plunged me. Somebody needs to get plunged today to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Come on, church. You ought to be able to clap and shout for that right there. God is passionate about you. And he's not out to make your life miserable. Jesus says, I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Passion is contagious. So let me ask you a question as we kind of get ready to head for home or to church's chicken. (laughs) Y'all know I'm still on my mind. I'm preaching my guts out, but I still got chicken on my mind. (laughs) Praise Jesus. What do you think might happen if a community saw a church that was utterly on fire for God? Passionate. On fire. Where where, where all the members in that church were were passionate about their worship. Not just 1.4 times a month. But what if they were passionate about their relationship with God? They were passionate about reaching people. They were passionate about serving one another. They were passionate about real deal Christianity where the rubber meets the road. Listen, I believe there's a divine attraction to that type of passion. People, when they see that, they're going to want to be a part. And they're going to want whatever you've drunk, drank, drinked, whatever whatever you've consumed. They're going to want some of that. I believe that type of church would transform a community. But sadly, most communities witness just the opposite. They witness compromise. People are watching and they see apathy. They see boredom. That church is so boring. Why would I get up and go? It's boring. They don't see passion in us. Now, 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 now rather than complain, here's the deal. I want to challenge you to, to can we kind of have a draw a line in the sand moment today, where, where, where we begin to live life with real passion? Can, in fact, can we begin to go all out for God? Hey, hey, business leader in the house or watching online today. Hey, you might need to make a hard call and a kind of a a shift in in a business model. Hey, why don't you start running your business based on biblical principles or ethics, if you're not already doing so, and just watch and see what God does to bless. You might lose a few customers, so be it. Get rid of, listen, get get rid of, you want people... Run it his way. Hey, 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 husbands, anybody married in this house? Anybody happily married in this house? Happily married men, let me hear you. Anybody unhappily married? We have a counseling session right after this service. Right? Men, why don't you start loving your wife the way that God wants you to love her? Go all out for God in the pursuit of your wife and love for her. Hey, ladies, any ladies in the house? Ladies? Ladies, listen, can I tell you something? You do not need to be afraid of the S word. Submission. Do not be afraid of that. That's the real S word. You know that, right? And some of you like say, ooh, don't I did a wedding a few years ago and the and the bride said, Listen, when you get to the vows, please don't say that I need to submit to him. And I looked at that man, I said, Sir, you're in trouble. Now, listen, I believe that submission is a healthy thing. It's, by the way, it needs to be a mutual submission. The men should submit to their spouse, their wife as well. Anyway, that's a, that's a, we need to do a marriage study. It would be great. Anybody come to marriage study if I preach on marriage? Family? Okay. Hey, wives, maybe you need to start serving and submitting and honoring your husband the way that God would desire for you. Hey, moms and dads, what would happen if you go all out for God in your parenting style? What do you mean by that? I'm, I'm saying, why don't you be the parent not let your kids do it? We got too many kids CEO-run homes in Bernie, Texas, yeah. in Bandera, Pike Creek, Verde, Spring Branch, San Antonio, Leon Springs, Blah, all over. We do Kerrville, Comfort, Junction, Utopia. Anybody here from Utopia? Somebody in Kuwait's watching today. Hey, li- listen, it's okay to tell little, little Johnny or little Sally that, hey, you know what? Our family's being pulled at so many different directions and listen I know that you're going to be the next Olympic athlete when it comes to softball or volleyball or baseball but you know as for me and my house on Sundays we serve the Lord oh shoot attendance is going to go down next week because I just made that's okay am I right is that truthful start doing things God's way and just watch what happens some of us are so miserable because we've been sucked in to the lie of the world We don't want to make anybody upset. Guys, listen. Right is always right. There's never a right way to do the wrong thing. It's always right. Right is right. Oh, man. It only takes one person to ignite the fire of passion in others. Hmm. I want to tell you a story about a man by the name of John Wesley. You ever heard of John Wesley? Any Methodists here in the house today? One. Amen. I'm praying that the Methodist church is packed, seriously, and full to the brim today. John Wesley was not, say not, he was not a nice, conservative, conforming, Republican Christian. Because he was so controversial, he was forbidden by the Anglican church to preach from its pulpits. Now, did John Wesley wring his hands and admit defeat and just fade silently out of history? Just go keep his day job? Not exactly. With no pulpit that would welcome him, John Wesley would ride out into the countryside, and he would pick a spot in an open field And he would simply begin to preach. He he was so compelling with with his message and his his presentation that that, that large crowds began to show up and hear him. Listeners wanted to to hear more of what he had to say. And ultimately, his thought-provoking theological ideas began the founding principles of the Methodist church. Someone once asked John Wesley, How he was able to attract such large crowds with his preaching. John Wesley simply replied by saying this I simply set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. I simply set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. You may be doing great work. You you may be responsible, you may be ethical, you may be compassionate. But is it remarkable? Do do you do anything with, with such passion that people would travel to watch and listen? Do you? Incidentally, John Wesley, averaged preaching 15 sermons a week. And it wasn't just one 28-minute sermon that you've had to endure today. (laughs) I heard another story about a preacher by the name of D.L. Moody. I heard the story of a man who came to hear D.L. Moody preach. And while sitting there, the man next to him asked, do you come out here because you believe the things that he's preaching? And the gentleman sitting there responded, he said, no, I come out because he believes what he's preaching. I'm just wondering, do we believe what we've sang about today? Do we really believe that if God is for us, who can come against us? Who can ever separate us from his love? Do do we really believe that, that the life that Jesus offers everyone is the best life possible today? If we really believe those things, will we become passionate about the things that God's passionate about? Will we begin to run with a holy fire and a zeal like we've never run before? Or will we cave in when people start to, to talk ugly about us or when we get tired or when it, we, we just, oh, I'd just rather sleep in and oh, I'd just rather you know keep my kid happy or hey, I'd just rather not serve and just come and sit and soak because and, I'm just tired. I'm just so tired. Ah, oh, kill me. You're tired, but you still go to work. I'm too tired to serve in the church of the Lord. That's a different sermon series too. Let me end it with this because I'm hungry. Passion is contagious are people catching it from you can we just sneeze on and cough passion on people this week can we just become some just spit on some just give them something give them some passion give them that life that you have is there a zeal for christ stirring in you Do you desire to to take as many people to heaven with you as possible? I'm praying that God would put some passion in his people. Listen, you're missing out on living bright-eyed and bushy-tailed without it. Today it can be yours. Would you stand with me? And you guys have been awesome. And I pray that you've been encouraged a little bit today. And if if I've offended you in any form or fashion, that's not my intent. I just, I want to be Honest and truthful. I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and join me down front today because I believe that there's someone here today that needs to say yes to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Listen, you're trying to find life. You're finding. You're looking though in all the wrong places. You're not going to find it. You think that if if I have this job or this title, if my square footage ranks this high, if if my wheels measure this many inches on my truck, um, if I have 2.4 kids and a, you know, good-looking spouse that's in shape and looks great. I mean, listen, we're looking for joy. We're looking for life in all the wrong places. Listen, the only way that you can live bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and have true joy in life is found in Jesus. And maybe that you here today. You, want, I want to invite you to come in a few moments. i want to pray and dismiss us. And you come and you share that with one of my friends. Or maybe you're here today and you've got an opportunity facing you. I call it an opportunity. Some people would call it a challenge or a difficulty or a struggle. I want to call it an opportunity because I just believe that with God all things are possible. And no matter what you're facing, I believe that it's an opportunity for God to, to show off in your life. Matt, do you believe that? I really believe that. He can. And so maybe today we could just come alongside and pray with you in any form or fashion as well. This is Zach and Caleb. Are you got These are millennials. Some of y'all didn't think millennials knew how to pray or came to church. They're here. Where are my millennials in the house? Come on, let's go. This next generation of church leaders they are leading right now. These guys would love to pray with you and encourage you over anything you're facing. I'm going to pray and dismiss. And as people are running out, if we can come alongside of you, you run to the front. Jesus, thank you so much for being worth singing about, talking about, living for. Anybody believe that? Lord, today... I pray that your passion would well up within us, that we would leave here to go make a difference for the kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.